Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, Kevin Clark. It's me, Travis Vogt. It's me, Matt Lynch. And this is a special uh, this is a special bonus thing. We have, uh, as some of you may know, we talk about it at the ends of our episodes and sometimes at the beginning. Sometimes in the middle. Sometimes in the middle, too. I mean, you never know. Sometimes not at all. Because there's a lot of, because we have a, we have a Patreon that we, we do two episodes a month on yep. because we often have movies that we talk about and we want to talk about, but we can't really go into the not, depth they about don't, it. They're we not in the wheelhouse of the show they're proper. Not, they're not suspense thriller specific. Yeah, movies, right. movies just, I don't know, off the top of my head, like... like uh, Hook, uh, hook, scent of a woman, scent of a woman, hunt, hunt for red October. Often, often it's a lot of stuff that we either loved as kids or that has some sort of nostalgic credit in at large. Mm-hmm. It, also, it's kind of what we've fallen onto a lot of it, or movies that we still love that we don't know why people don't love as much. Right. A lot of uh, yeah. Also, a lot of recurring theme is stuff that uh, is beloved by our generation and uh, mm-hmm. other people who grew up with us that sucks. Right. That, that is a recurring theme. And then the Police Academy movies. We talked about those. We did a, we did a whole <laughs> which three are, part. Which I, I can't say are beloved by me, but are a large part of my, my uh, filmmaking. Moral integrity? My, my moral integrity is based <laughs> exclusively on the uh, Police Academy. It's your the, north, first, the first four Police Academies. Especially. The Police yeah. Academy movies are Kevin's North Star. Mm. That's how he follows him. And, they, and they've never been more relevant than now, certainly. <laughs> but we have a... Th- <laughs> we have a three-part series. Uh, Police Academy Academy. 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 Yes. And uh, I don't think the third one is out quite yet, no, but we'll, no. we'll be out soon. And uh, yeah, we do the, the, the first two, then the second two, and then the, one, of, the and one, of the, one of the most awful experiences in my life, I had to watch the last three <laughs> Police Academy movies. My life is hard. Yeah. I had to watch these movies all in one day. I, That's I, the kind of service that I we watched provide all, for people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With our Patreon for only for only four and a half Douglases a month. That's four dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, two whole episodes. We just Quality we just content. talk about one movie and we get to go into depth. I do a lot more like crazy editing and putting clips in and stuff like that. They're slightly different than the regular episodes, but we get to get real exhaustive with these granular, movies. granular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, we get nitty, to talk- the nitty gritty. The nitty and <laughs> the gritty. And, and sometimes we don't talk about the plot of a movie at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because so, we assume you've seen Spaceballs, yeah. which is one but of our more you? recent episode. Well, if you haven't, you can read the novelization and maybe even win a copy of it. That's right. That's true. Because so we have a copy of the Spaceballs, the book, to give away. We're all going to sign it, but it's it's not going to be like just a giveaway, like who calls first. Or, right. Or we're going we're gonna to do a contest, and not just any kind of contest, a coloring contest, yes. a Pizza the Hut coloring contest. Yes. And while you're listening to this, this may have been up already, and if it's not, it will be up shortly, but there'll be, we'll post a picture to our patrons, and then however they want to color it and send us send us back a screenshot, and we're going to post all those up on our Patre- Patreon and pick a winner. Pick a winner. And we're going to mail you the Spaceballs of the Book. Signed, signed, by, signed us. by us. Signed by us. The authors, the not authors this of Spaceballs of the Book. This is absolutely going to be worth money someday. <laughs> You could sell it. You could no sell question. it on eBay and say autographed, <laughs> and def- not say by who, and it, you might be able to make some it money. It is absolutely autographed. <laughs> it is definitely will be auto- have been autographed. This book cost no me guys. This book cost me a piping hot eight bucks on Jesus eBay. Jesus Christ! And it's going to be signed by three guys who are in a basement, yep. guaranteed to appreciate in value, not a guarantee. <laughs> Also, if you if you are hearing this and want to sign up for our Patreon, we're trying to hit the the, the magic number of fifty patrons. I mean, we want to get that. We want to get higher than fifty. Certainly, but we want more. But, but we once g- we hit fifty patrioids, mm. we're going to do a special Michael Douglas themed two parter episode. Five Douglases. Five Douglases. 
We're gonna do, and we're gonna do Wall Street falling down. Mm. What uh, and Black Lane, one of my favorite movies. And then, and then we're gonna do a double of Romance in the Stone and Jewel of the Nile. So come on, it'll be five, five, five Michael Douglas movies that we wouldn't be otherwise, wouldn't be otherwise cover talking on our, about. On our, our patron, podcast, our so. patron saint for yeah. your patrioids. Unbelievable. So anyway, perfect. And so uh, to give you an idea of uh, of uh, what you get when you sign up, we're going to put out uh, one of our classic Patreon episodes. We're going to give you the whole Natural Born Killers episode that we did. Uh, I don't know, a month ago or whenever the hell it was. <laughs> time. A, time, a time. Time ago. means nothing anymore these days. Am I right, people? Yep. But it's Natural Born Killers. There's a movie that meant a lot to us, a movie that has still, I feel like, been forgotten to a certain extent, even though it's one of the craziest movies ever made. Ever made. And uh, we go into depth with it. So It's great stuff. Yeah. So here you go. Without further ado, the entirety of Natural Born Killers Patreon bonus for free. So sign up for the Patreon. Now. Do it now. Thanks. We love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hi, welcome to the uh, Suspense is Killing Us Patreon bonus episode number something. Four or five. This is five. Four, four, five, four. Number four or five. This is the fifth one. Four. Number fifth one? Yeah. Oh, you said the four. fifth official one. I thought I was one. wrong the first time. The fifth official one because we did the Oscar special, but that doesn't count. No, no, that's, that, was that, was, bonus, that was bonus bonus, bonus content, bonus, which we'll which we'll have from time. We are so good to our patrons. Mm-hmm. My God, mm-hmm. uh, and our yeah. patrons are so good to us. They I agree. Are. They are. God bless you, people. Yeah, keep 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 uh, listening to us. You know, in these trying times. If you're expecting part two of Police Academy Academy, that will be coming later. No, yeah. no, we're well, not. We're gonna we're, space those we're out. Space it yeah, out, we're gonna so space we're those gonna out. Do it all I don't want our, any Patreon people who aren't interested in Police Academy to just you see just a fucking wall of Police Academy <laughs> episodes right. coming at them. Like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. I don't think any of our patrons are not interested in Police Academy. Right. But you're no, you're not. But I think that that's you're right. I'm just saying. I think that, that they're all only interested in Police. Academy. <laughs> They're all as interested in Police Academy as I am. The suspense which is waiting for of. Police Academy Part 2 is killing them. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's fun. That <laughs> is fun stuff. <laughs> and we're doing it. We're cutting <laughs> it up. We're gra- as, as mentioned before in the podcast proper, we're ground zero at the, the center of, the, mm-hmm. uh, of mm-hmm. the epidemic in Seattle, Washington here, as the country is ravaged by indecision and uh, unpreparedness. unpreparedness and also a plague. And uh, financial apocalypse, mm-hmm. and we're <laughs> and we're sitting here, and we're gonna. I think I think fairly appropriate. We are recording two episodes today, but uh, you're just gonna be listening to the to the one. Mm-hmm. We're recording two episodes about uh, insanity, essentially. Yes, uh, t- total chaos. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, uh, yeah. twin masterpieces. One. Well, <laughs> there's uh, something. One of them. One uh, of them is. One of them is in my mind. Twin monster pieces. One of them in my mind is a bona fide masterpiece, and the other one is a bona fide monster piece. But we'll. we'll One hundred percent. We're going to start with the masterpiece, so you'll have to wait two weeks for the monster piece one. Yeah. 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 One of the craziest movies of all time. A a great, great, great movie. How fucked did this get made? Somehow, exactly. That is somehow like uh, kind of been almost forgotten. I I don't feel like people talk about it at all. It's it's so of its time. This is one of my most formative movies. Absolutely, yeah. and I think I know I've talked to Travis about this a lot because we we've talked about how we watch this all you know because there's well, we're talking about natural born killers. Yeah, platoon, Wall Street, 
born on the 4th of July. JFK. Oliver Stone's vision has changed the way we saw our past. Now, he takes a look at where we are and where we're going. And you'll be shocked at what he sees. Uh, which has come up several times on our podcast, on our podcast proper. We'll so continue I've, to do so. So I thought that it was it needed it needed to be discussed at length by us because mm-hmm. it's not going to ever show up and on the suspense is killing us proper. But it's a movie that like is tangentially referenced a lot mm-hmm. in our in our stuff. But it's also a movie I know Travis and I talked about it a lot because you know there was all this shit about you know these people that try the lawsuits about right. you know these people that were inspired by natural born killers supposedly to like murder all these people and like we were like well. <laughs> I've seen natural born killers like fifty times, yeah. and I've and I've never, I've never murdered anybody. Sure. I watched this yeah. movie so many times in high school. I had it on VHS, and I probably watched it over forty or fifty times. That, that my parents had to have a talk with me. It wasn't it wasn't like a like you would you you know a real serious sort of thing, but it just sort of like I think I'd, I'd, I was watching it for maybe the did, tenth day in a row. Did the talk go like it, the interview in the movie where you're like I'm like Mal 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 you just saying crazy shit Mal Mal Mr. Rabbit we're all God's creatures we're all capable. Did you, tell your, mom and dad? Did you tell your parents that birthday love kills the love demon beats the demon love beats the you demon you said that love beats the demon I That's did. just what I screamed at and him it will and it will you're scum Wayne. All right, all right. So I'm scum. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> Gonna be a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, but like, but they called me upstairs because I probably watched it maybe ten days in a row. And at a certain point, they were just sort of like looked at each other and were like, "What? They gonna fucking." We got to at least if he kills a bunch of people, we got to at least say that we had a talk <laughs> with them. Talk you know, we took <laughs> and, the VHS and they called away. me up and they were like, "Travis, you can't help but notice." And my dad had seen the movie with me before, so he knew that it wasn't. You know, he knew what it was at any rate, and uh, was just sort of like, "You really sure seem to be watching this Natural Born Killers a whole lot." And why? What is it exactly like about it? And I think that maybe I did a good enough job instead of because I wasn't going like, "I just like to see the bodies come apart." <laughs> I was, I was like, "Oh, I think it's really funny, and I, I think it's really you know the experimentation, and I find it like really." I mean, like, yeah, all, right. I, I, you know, because because I do, and I think that's all true. That is what we. But love they were just about like, it. we just wanted to make sure that you weren't, you know, getting your rocks off <laughs> off of like the, you know, whatever. And, I don't uh, think this is a kind of movie that you can do that to. I mean, the movie it's no, it's like really. it's exciting, but it's also made in such a way that is like so hard to do. It's for me, it's always it was like when I first was really into movies, and I saw this like in the theater when I was like fifteen. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it's doing everything mm. all the time, all at once, and it's fucking amazing. It's like so, and, and the fact that it works at all. And I've, I know people who, <laughs> who don't like it. Oh, there's going don't think it works. Who don't think it works at all. You know, and that was like, you know, ha- I think the critics were split half and half. Ebert put it on his top 10 list of the year, but I remember we got Newsweek. My parents got Newsweek, and they had two yeah, reviews. Newsweek of Natural, ain't going to like it. They had two reviews of Natural Born Killers in there. Oh, and yeah. And it was like, one, was, kind of one was like, I love this movie, and one was like, I fucking hated this movie. And I felt like that was how it was. And, but when I saw it, I just, I mean, my 15-year-old brain was like, Soak, soak yeah. this shit up because it's like the filmmaking. That's part of the reason I've watched it so many times. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the film format. You I didn't, didn't like it. You didn't like it the first time. I didn't like it the first time because I I didn't see it right when it came out. I saw it like a month or two after it came mm-hmm. out. So like 
I had seen Pulp Fiction the weekend before. Right. And so it's just like, that, that was it. Like That was the only thing I wanted to see or hear or think about at that time. Yeah, I mean, that what happened to me, I was with Natural Born Killers, and then I'd recently just found out about Tarantino, and then it was like Reservoir Dogs on tape, and then Pulp Fiction like four times in the theater. Right. So I had the, that was my progression. So Natural Born Killers came first. Plus, I'd, I was really into JFK. I, I had mm. seen that, I had seen that right. in the theater when I was in like seventh grade, and like when, I remember going home from that movie and my mom my mom was up i'd gone with some friends and then i my mom was up and i was like i just peppered her with questions for like the entire night like what was it like do you remember when jfk got killed it was like that whole thing and you were was, like where were you when jfk was yeah, shot she's basically. like on the grassy knoll she was oh, like no. i was there <laughs> what i was there i was one of the 3 yeah i swore to a vow of secrecy but all those guys are dead she now she was like i was in grade school but yeah i was a great, i was a crack shot yeah and there was like a little red red dot on her yeah she was like, she was Alec like, Baldwin showed up and tried to murder your mom <laughs> and you. Yeah, but that was a normal. That's a normal. That's Montana for you. Montana. Montana. Uh huh. I'm here to murder your mom. Get out of here, Alec Baldwin. Okay. But now, but <laughs> he's now, very, I mean, he's very timid, really. Yeah. Oh, fine. Like, I didn't like this movie when it came out, but now I think it's a total masterpiece. Now I think it's Stone's best movie. Yeah. Well, we uh, one night I remember Matt, you and I were eating. What? We were at Beth's. Was at this, like this was. It might have been after Revenge of the Sith. I don't think it was, but I think it was just one of our other late nights. You and Matt and were eating. Beth's. We've been we'd have been out drinking, and then we went to Beth's. Yeah, you were eating. We went to Twenty Four Hour uh, Beth's Diner. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Staple. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we were we had that, and we were like, it was always like f- we were just, we started talking like about in Natural the Born Killers, and neither of us had seen it in a really long time. And you had that that like Pioneer yeah. Laserdisc set that was like let's that go, let's go watch it. let's go watch it. So we like watched Natural Born Killers. Crazy bonus. It's features. ending as the sun comes up. Yeah, we watched it till the sun came like up. A couple of coke like, heads. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. And this movie makes you feel like you're on. We coke. were just, but we were just drunk and full of eggs and yeah. pancakes or Gross, whatever. Right. <laughs> but it was awesome ah, to be young again. It was one of the greatest like oh, viewing amazing. experiences ever. It totally, totally changed my perspective on the movie. Because I, I'd, I'd always loved this movie, but I hadn't watched it in years, and I, I watching it that way was like, whoa, this movie is fucking weird. Yeah. And and it was just it like is weird. And it was just like because when I saw it at the time, when you saw it in the '90s, we were in it, and yeah. so you watch it, and it's like. You know, he's got the clips from, he's got all the, the clips. Menendez trial the Menendez and OJ. And, OJ and, and it's all yeah. about the TV and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like it was like that. But now you watch it and it's like this weird, <laughs> it's this weird time capsule well, like, in a the, lot of ways. The thing, the thing that it's about, like it, like boiled way down, is that like these, you know, the media created these monsters mm-hmm. and the monsters feed that beast. And yeah. there's this, this bit, like, it's not like that <clears throat> problem went away or doesn't exist anymore. It's just that. It was so of its time, and now it feels like it feels dated. But it's not because the problem Those went themes away. Do. Those themes, the themes themes dated. Do. Yes, yes, exactly. So the thing that the controversy and like the themes of the movie kind of are swirling around as an object aren't really around anymore. It's not because they went away. It's because they just got way way worse. Yeah, they just got absorbed into yeah, the, whole, now the entirety just, of the culture. Now they're just I mean, metabolized. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the movie's right. No, the movie's absolutely the, right. The movie that's was not pointing towards. No, no, I'm just saying that that's what you're. What, yeah. what the thing that happened is that you know it's got that the future the song at the end yeah. by Larry Cohen, and that's like you watch that movie and go like this is today, this is like the '90s, and then you go like, but that's Give what happened. Me crack they're like, and anal it's like sex. <laughs> now everybody's doing crack and anal sex. Well, you it's know nothing to us. You know what I mean? They're putting crack their buttholes <laughs> but also like the, the you know <laughs> i put crack in my butthole this morning yeah it's great it feels great it's better uh, than remember those kids were dipping tampons and vodka and sticking them up their butt uh, hell i'm still doing that. that was a whole thing <laughs> works great why uh, drink alcohol in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> why do it the easy it way t- when you can do a it really it tastes so bad yeah. <laughs> 
Ugh, I gotta choke this down. I'm gonna soak a tampon in vodka and stick it in my butt. So much easier. No fuss, no muss. Uh, we need to do a re-edit of Natural Born Killers where we put clips like that in there. <laughs> and it would be it would be relevant again. It'd be like, yeah, it's the same, just the same movie, except that when you cuts to the commercials, it's just some yeah. dipshits putting, putting tampons up their ass. <laughs> and 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 uh, rainbow parties and stuff like that. Yeah, shit like that. <laughs> Lemon parties. <so. laughs> no. Bracelet parties, all that fun but stuff like, that Oprah thought was that, real. It got all the stuff that the movie is talking about has sort of got metabolized and is now just sort of something that we take for granted, and yeah. it's not necessarily something we think is this pernicious evil that's affecting. Like Twitter's worse now, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. so when we watched it that time, we were just kind of struck by like, oh, it's not really about the thing that it's about anymore, and now it it just seemed so more interesting that way. It seemed so broad, so much more broad, yeah, yeah, and so much, and and at the same time, like more surgical and, and also like it, so the those are those themes about you know menendez brothers and all the stuff that people that would watch it now wouldn't even have fucking heard of <laughs> right um, tanya harding they will because all this tanya stuff harding all this but, like, stuff it cuts that to the menendez it. brothers he's like i just they, i killed him and you're yeah. like who's that who is that guy what is you this know? yeah but all, all that stuff definitely dates it for sure but at the same time the choice or whatever whatever happened to oliver stone to make him shoot the movie this way oh, makes yeah. it essential forever right like it will always be watchable because of the cast yeah, it still the way that aggressively the, the acting and it's just the way that it's shot because it's not like they made movies like this afterwards no and oliver stone does they didn't stuff, make movies like this stuff. before not this. did they stone not make movies that are like this they didn't make movies this way before yes. or since then no no it wasn't like people were like now we're making movies this way no, no, no. they did it the one time and oliver stone makes uh, the way he, that he made movies at least at the time for about five or eight years or whatever they were they were like 10 percent this because mm-hmm. he would use different film stock and like black and switching before like nixon has a lot of this but it's not it's not even close and the, the bob richardson halo well, lighting and they stuff did, like they, that. They yeah, did yeah, that yeah. a lot in um in a U-turn, uh, U-turn, but also, I mean, it started. Uh, started with, he started that style with <laughs> JF, movie. with JFK. Yes, JFK was the kind of, uh, and, that, and it makes sense in there because they're cutting to, you know, they've got all. He's the, using it to kind of cut back and forth from time frames and and yeah. like different keep sources. It, keep it coherent, and, you know. There's no reason for it to happen in, in Natural Born Killers other than to maybe simulate I, a mental breakdown I, or yeah. just like this movie is about insanity. Or just a barrage, like that. A barrage a, of stimulus. Yeah. It's about the media. It's too, about the media exactly about, punishing like, you. And I think that that was the the thing that Stone took from Tarantino's original script, which I haven't read, but like I uh, I was reading about in this giant uh, Matt Zoller cites Oliver Stone tome that like tome is a book <laughs> that a lot of the uh, the good stuff, the stuff that I love in the movie, like Wayne Gale isn't in the original Wayne Tarantino script. Gale. Wayne Gale, you've read it, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I've never read the original, and it's like, and I'm kind of like, ah, you know, first of all, I, I think that it would have been shitty. Tarantino had already moved past this by mm-hmm. the time this came out, so like, let's not. Let's not have we don't need him to make this movie. And Oliver Stone took it and ran with it. And like, if Wayne Gale wasn't in this movie, I, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Right? Because fucking <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite Robert Downey Jr. performances. Anyway, I feel it's apparent to anyone who's hip to what's going on that these prison boys thrown the Constitution straight out the fucking window. You and Mallory maybe kill us, but nuts, insane. Today they wipe clean your mind because they feel your actions are dangerous. Tomorrow they won't clean my mind. I don't need no fucking syndication because they feel what I say is dangerous. Where does it all end? It might be the Robert Downey it, Jr. performance. It's like he's my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> it's right. Every single fucking thing that he says is hilarious. Every single it's thing. Every split yeah. second of his performance What's is the fucking insane. He's yelling at his works. wife on the phone. David. <laughs> it's Ming. Ming, Ming is, is a, a fucking it's restaurant. A fucking restaurant. <laughs> it's a fucking yeah, restaurant. I got your, your daughter pregnant. You told me how to be. I did. Now you listen to me. <laughs> I was there in Grenada. I was when there when the shit, shit went down in Grenada. 
he gets, I saw it all go he gets, down. He gets depressed at the end because he breaks up. He like he like divorces oh, his yeah. wife over the phone, and then he calls his girlfriend, and she doesn't want to see him. And then he gets, come over there, and then he gets bummed out. We go over there, stick a hot pepper up your ass. It's good to be with you, Wayne Gale. You I do a lot so of good alive. for people. <laughs> I want to be a benefit for homeless transsexual veterans. Amazing, <laughs> so but this this movie. But I'm like just this, saying, like, uh, you know, aside yeah. from the filmmaking, which is just as amazing now. I mean, I think I might have today, the, watching it yesterday, maybe the first time I've seen it widescreen. Oh, really? Because I had it on VHS and watched it. You as you can tell from then? my recitations of the line, I have seen this movie ne- about 50 times, and I don't think I'd watched it since then because it was just one of those things where you're like, I've got it. Yeah. This is imprinted in my brain, and so this is, uh, I watched it on fucking Blu-ray. It looks amazing. On a big, <laughs> nice TV. Except for that Blu-ray that's out there has this really bad pin registration problem, so everything wobbles the whole time. Oh, okay. Anyway. Mm. But still, like just <laughs> yeah. seeing all these images in the way that, they, you know, the, for the first time since the theater, yeah. where I, I did see it in the theater, uh, just fucking incredible, and just like within seconds, you guys were both talking about it because we were sending texts. Just when you put it on, you're both just like, "Oh my, oh god, my god, Natural Born Killers!" And yeah. it's yeah, well, you're just like, "This is a whole different sort of thing." Yeah, and there's and nothing else like it. Who had the soundtrack? I had the. Soundtrack. I had the soundtrack. I had the soundtrack. And yeah. like, and I, so so like, I knew because bef- I watched it in the theater a bunch. I didn't get a video till like after I was out of high school. But so it was, but, but it was like three years of me listening to the soundtrack before I kind of watched the movie again or revisited the movie itself. And it was like, that was how. That's how I remember the movie is like the soundtrack because mm-hmm. the soundtrack itself was like is like something that they do sometimes, but like because Trent Reznor took it and like made his own movie. Yeah, it was like listening to the movie sort of. Yeah, like it's like got like dialogue comes into the songs and goes out, and it's not like the dialogue clips are separate. It's right. like all part of the thing. Yeah, it's Trent, like Trent Reznor thing. doing it's the sort of Robbie Robertson for Scorsese movies <laughs> yeah. type of thing uh, yeah. before he was doing it's like straight up, like, uh, which is scores. just like the movie and the soundtrack's use in the movie. That's what I mean. And the, so the listening to the soundtrack over and over and over again, and I'm like, oh, and at the end of the future on the soundtrack, it's got the clip where he goes, uh, where Robert Downey like, wait, 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 yeah, yeah. you're fucking joking, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so when I was watching the movie the other day, I got to the end of the end credits. I watched all the way through the credits, and then that didn't happen. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right, this is the movie, not the soundtrack. Because in my brain, that's what that the movie is the soundtrack. Soundtrack is absolutely incredible. I hadn't heard uh, basically any of these songs. I don't think when I was uh, when I was fifteen. And no, turn me. I, 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 I wasn't familiar with Leonard Cohen no. or Patti Smith at like thirteen or fourteen. Leonard you know? Cohen, absolutely not. I know a lot of people um, where they talk about watching. They're like uh, that are my age, where they go like the the first I, I put this movie on and heard Leonard Cohen and was like, oh, this movie's for me. And I was like, you knew who fucking Leonard Cohen was when you right? were fourteen. I was whatever? very familiar with Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. I'll just say that. Oh, I sure. I knew who well, he was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. We were all teenagers we at the time. Was, yeah. It was the 90s. I mean, come on. But the, the, the score is amazing. There's that L7 song. Oh, man. That Which comes is up weirdly a lot. in a jukebox in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's a by fucking L7. Yeah, there's like a Patsy Klein playing song <laughs> playing or whatever, and then it go, then another record goes on and it's... And Juliette Lewis uh, beats the shit out of a guy, and, uh, and you're just... And then there's like uh, the there's no bullets escaping are, here. Bullets are flying around. I, I I this is when my jaw just sort of hit the floor watching it again. Just I mean I knew all this stuff happened, but just you know have, being, right. have, having not seen it in 15, 20 years or whatever. Just the part where they're like going across the room and the camera is just lurching mm-hmm. around. It's crazy. 
And you can imagine just like Oliver Stone having to tell Robert Richardson like to do Here's all this stuff. Here's what I want you to do. What was Robert? Uh, I, well, I, you know, Robert Richardson, uh, in, in, a, the, in the interview in this book, Robert Richardson, Stone says that he like, Robert Richardson broke up with him. Yes. He says he divorced me on, on uh, U-Turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he, stu- he stuck with him after this. Well, he did Nixon. Yeah, yeah he did that's Nixon right. Too. Um, he, but Robert Richardson was fucking miserable making this movie. Well, he and he said that he all of Stone says that it started with uh, the doors because there was like scenes that Richardson was like I don't want to shoot it and then he shot it himself and Richardson was unhappy and like also just like but if you listen to Richard, there's, all I've of Stone seen, shot the doors himself. Uh, just just like no, just like a couple it. scenes oh, where see. Richardson was like I don't want to do, but like uh, <laughs> I don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, if, I, if you're Bob Richardson, I feel like you can just go like, no. But uh, <laughs> but he uh, but he, but he, I've, I saw a recent interview with Robert Richardson. They were asking like this crazy, what's like the craziest shot you ever did? And he was talking about this like part where uh, in the prison riot in Natural Born oh, Killers, God. where he like like got they were backing into a room or something, and the camera's going, and he like it like ba- the camera like bashed his face, and he's like, and then they were like, should we stop? Should we stop? And he's like, no, you got to keep going. So they so they kept going. I think the shot is in the movie. So mm-hmm. he's like of saying course. like, there's this part where the camera like bungles around and he's like that's the part where like it cracked my head my face open you know <laughs> yeah so it's gotta be it's gotta be pointed out that uh robert uh oliver stone always a tyrant a famous uh, yeah, director's famous tyrant. D- director tyrant was like possibly at his peak of tyranny in the making well, of this movie also everybody made everybody's life a hell everybody was fuck yeah and apparently sometimes not they didn't kind of want to be i always get the feeling when no, juliette like, lewis tells stories from this it was she was like, that oliver stone would be like do these drugs and she'd be like okay like she yeah. it wasn't like oh, she was gung like, harrelson's right they're going Come on, do the drugs. Come on, do the Yeah. <laughs> just like kind of forcing her to do drugs. Uh, Stone, and, Stone uh, claims in this book that he didn't, that he wasn't, that he wasn't doing any drugs on set. Uh, that is um, absolute garbage. I'm just saying. He, <laughs> Oliver Stone. I, look, I'm saying. A, no. says, I know he claims that he'd done a lot of drugs before when they were prepping he, it, he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he said, he's, and he basically says on set there were no drugs. He's like, I don't know what everybody was doing. Yeah. When they were offset, and he He's actually, and actually, actually like I believe insurance him. Yeah. I actually believe him because, like, I don't think you could make this movie, this kind of movie, while you're on drugs, because yeah. it's because it's so technically, and that's what he says. He says this is so technically complicated. He says I did a lot of cocaine when I was making The Hand, and I learned my lesson that you can't do <laughs> that you can't do cocaine while you're. So he's not admitting he's. Not, I was I was on so much not, cocaine at like what was it the Golden Globe Awards where he kicked down a door or something <laughs> and he doesn't even remember it. Yeah. Dude is a dude. Oliver, it needs to be pointed out. I think Oliver Stone and he's kind of been forgotten these days because he's just been a lunatic this whole time and he's right. even more of a lunatic now but he is one of the most talented filmmakers of all oh, time yeah. absolute absolute monster but he had a, a great, total monster he had a great run he had that run but in holy the 80s shit. and 90s up till nixon really yeah uh there Which might be like there great. might be some blips Love in there nixon. i still never my seen favorite wall of his street movies. but wall street's um, not one of my favorites it's not a yeah. highlight it's got its moments but it's also got parts when you're just like well this <laughs> but i mean <laughs> you know, natural born killers seems just as vital yeah, yeah. now wall street I mean, is 100 percent rooted this last in, couple of decades have been erratic i didn't you know like the wall street 2 mm. is not very good snowden i thought was bad and what world trade center is nothing really it's not terrible though it's interesting i like nicholas savages Cage, i liked but, you know savages i liked yeah that mm. was fun um, I mean, you know, but there's not a lot of great stuff. I think, I think it. Kind of, I think like any given Sunday was maybe his last great one. What's after that? I don't even like that movie. I really. But like I mean, that. I think that's that's Alexander's the last... after that. That's Alex, obviously it's tough. Not a lot of people advocating it. that one. Tough. Fucking. I finally, when I finally watched it. I was like, fuck this. I think he just so needs much. to put out one more director's cut of that, and then we'll. Then, then it'll be good. You have three director's <laughs> cuts. Nope, one more try, Overstone, and make it even longer this time. Anyway, then people will get it. To go back to what you were saying about the beginning of the movie, like it opens with the diner sequence, which is really amazing and like shocking. Yeah, and it's got all this. It's got all this stuff that like 
really, really straddles the line between like garish and and overtly silly. Like it's, it's almost extremely Avery, horrifying like. and gory, but also a cartoonish. Yeah, like you know the knife flipping through the air while the, well, the opera music is the going. Bullet, on, the bullet, the bullet shooting bullet and the stopping. lady stopping and is going ah with the lady with the like uh, with Olan the fucking Jones. butcher knife going ah. And then there's like Olan Jones gets shot through the coffee. She's like guarding her head with the coffee mug. It's know. Mabel. <laughs> that stuff's great, but it, I mean, and that's amazing, and like watching it the other day, I was like, holy shit, I've forgotten how crazy this is, like right off the bat, and then it goes to the opening credits, and the opening wow. credits are even more mind-blowing. They're how just many songs? More crazy. Oh my god, so many songs. There's And there's laid on top of each other and yeah. shit. Yeah, he, yeah. It's, yeah it looks uh, so good. Well, in the opening, the opening, just whenever I watch this, and the opening with that, uh, Waiting for the Miracle, yeah. gives me chills. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. They just, it's like the opening shot is like this truck running over a scorpion. Yeah. Yeah, poor Scorpion. And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's all very uh, uh, on the nose, yeah. and I think that Oliver Stone wouldn't disagree with you that it's supposed to be like that. I think this, the whole movie is like in your face. The, <laughs> it really like, is. The most sane, <laughs> the most sane acting character in the entire movie is Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He like flips out a few times, and he's like, you know, a monster, and he murders people. <laughs> he really, he really but, like, is. But like, he, in most scenes, he's like very calm. Yeah. He's like the he's like the collected one. Well, everybody else around him is like he's like flipping yeah. out. He's like a tuning everybody. fork where like every time he vibrates, everything else goes crazy. I mean, you watch then... that that interview with him and Wayne Gale at the oh, end. God. It's like Mickey's Mickey seems like the 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 calm and collected one, and Wayne, oh, Wayne Gale. I don't is think I'm any crazier than you. Manson beat you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hard to beat the king. Innocent. Yeah. Who's yeah. innocent? Me. I'm innocent. I'm innocent of murder. Definitely. <laughs> All so creatures good. kill another creature. Do you think he? Do you think uh, Downey's uh, mullet is Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon? Because they're buddies. Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson are uh-huh. buddies. Oh yeah, could be. Absolutely, Still? they're buddies. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm, boy, that'd be a real hang to hang out with those two at the same time. Because Gibson, <laughs> I mean, Gibson Christ. was like really there for him when he was getting his sobriety problems. Really? Oh, from so Air America. Air America, they're buddies. buddies yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Good for them. Speaking of Robert Downey Jr. and everybody being on drugs <laughs> and all that stuff, one of my favorite things is you know like you had the VHS. Did you have the two the two tape yeah. like director's cut tape? Was that the one you had? I think so. That's it, the one it, I had. It, it was yeah, available the to tape me. Had, the second tape had like deleted scenes and all like this an extra interview stuff. Interview. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you on, get more on of that, that rape scene on, on the director's that cut. Tape, uh, all That's the interviews yeah. with Robert Downey Jr. on that tape, he's like fiddling with. He's got a spoon. Yeah. And he looks full 20 pounds lighter. Yeah. It's just like his eyes are all hollow. It's fucking. I can't say for a fact that Robert Downey Jr. was like high making this movie because you never know. But he is definitely high in those interviews, and uh-huh. he's like, and he's going to get high immediately as soon as after it's over. No, according over. according to stuff that I read about him, and this was this was there was an article while he was still on junk when it was like, I think he was like you know a known actor for a while that was a heroin addict, and then there was a couple of years there where it was like we all know he's a heroin addict, he's famous for it, and he was still doing heroin and making yeah. movies. But apparently he was, he's one of those guys, and a lot of junkies will do this, where they just like get through the job, mm. and then it's like once I get to the end of this, it's junk for me, yeah, and that's yeah. it. This is the only two. There's like working, yeah. and then that's done. Use the money now that there's I got two from months, work. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna be on heroin, and I'm gonna lose twenty pounds, and have a spoon with me all the time. Yeah, and uh, and then I'll get another job again, and then yeah. I'll cook. <laughs> Yeah. It's like like Nick Nolte at the beginning of The Good Thief. I don't know. That's a, kind of an obscure one, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's true. Neil Jordan's Bobble of Lambeau remake, <laughs> The Good Thief. I like that movie. name checked. 
He's like, Jesus. hey, Nick Nolte, we need to have a, we need to go do a bank heist. He's like, better get me off of this uh, junk then. Look, the only way you're going to get me to stop doing all this heroin is if you take me to Monte Carlo and shoot a fucking caper movie, okay? <laughs> all right, somebody call Neil Jordan. <laughs> but in the movie, they uh, get him off the junk, too, because yeah. it's like, and that's probably what happens with Nick Nolte before he makes a movie. <laughs> uh, that famous mugshot of him is actually from the casinos at Monte Carlo. Right? I'm going to tear this town a new asshole. <laughs> oh, God damn it. God uh, damn it. Speaking of the cast, though... How is Nick um, Nolte not in this movie, by the way? Uh, yeah, well, well, he's in U-Turn. <laughs> right. He is in U-Turn. Uh, <laughs> like, the, Robert Downey Jr. and, like, Tommy Lee Jones were pretty... were fairly known quantities. Tommy Lee Jones had been in a few... Uh, this was after The Fugitive. Had yeah. been in, and he'd been, in a, he'd been in Oliver Stone stuff before, mm-hmm. at least Heaven and Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, the under highly underrated Heaven, Heaven and Earth, Earth. great movie. A, mo- yeah, a yeah, movie big- that a movie that I think should be an hour longer and would be would be better Jug- because because yeah. it kind of just ends and you're like oh uh, well, I want to see the rest of this I want to see more of what happened to life after yeah right I'm like oh that's the end okay well but uh, so uh, but uh, but uh, when this movie came out like people who are watching this movie for the first time now will be like yeah it's Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis that's what they do. When this movie came out, like that was not what either of those people did. Yeah. Like, no. Woody Harrelson was mo- was still was known from Ch- Cheers and White Men White Can't, Man Can't Jump. Jump. Yeah. And Juliette Lewis, her, I mean, she was famous for like Cape Fear. She'd been playing like young, timid characters. It's and a, it, this is a very. I mean, it was in like her strange days. Role. Stuff strange days too. was after this though. Ninety four, same year. Strange 95? days came ninety five. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah, Strange Days. So you, you you can like once you once this movie happened, these guys were like, oh now. Now, now they can do intense Now you stuff. buy Woody Harrelson as that guy. But like bef- when this came out, it was like the guy from Cheers and the uh, scared daughter from Cape yeah. Fear. And, and they're both like fucking amazing. Harrelson movie. is particularly and incredible. And right from the first movie. scene, too, like you see, we, even before Harrelson does anything, Juliet Lewis is like is like being crazy right away. And you're like, whoa, this she's she's like nuts. And then Woody Harrelson just looks like scary eating key lime pie yeah. in the very first scene of the movie. And you're like, is that the guy from Cheers? <laughs> Get that key lime pie, Dan Cork. Like you, yeah. And you then, buy like, him as a fucking psycho, cold ass psycho killer. A char- the most charismatic serial killer yeah. in the oh, history yeah. of the world. Mass murderer, technically. Mass, mass murderer, technically. Uh, but like the parts when he when it, when you get to the interview that he's doing before the prison riots and stuff like that is like probably the best part. The best part of Woody Harrelson's whole career. It's, it's absolutely riveting. It I think everybody got. Something in their past, some sin, some awful secret thing. A lot of people walking around out there already dead, just need to be put out of their misery. <laughs> That's where I come in, fate's messenger. Except a corn of wheat falleth to the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And it's very it's very centered acting too, and most everybody else is completely off the handle all the time. This is a, yeah, yeah. to me is this movie is a three way overacting Olympics between yep. Tom Sizemore, Tommy Lee oh, Jones, Sizemore. and Robert Downey Jr. And at the end, I they're all acting against each other too. I love them all. I personally give this to Tommy Lee Jones. I I, I think he, yeah, yeah. it's a lot like uh, Wayne Gale. It is it is just every second of the performance is fucking hilarious. I'll tell you something, Skagnetti. In all of my days in the penal business, that ain't no small amount of days, right, boys? Oh nope. no. Ricky and Mallory Knox are without doubt the most twisted, depraved pair of shit fucks it has ever been my displeasure to lay my goddamn eyes on. I'm telling you, these two motherfuckers are a walking reminder of just how fucked up this system really is. Don't get me started, okay, Warren? Don't get me started. What? You call me Dwight. And the way uh, Oliver Stone shoots it, too, he's just very <laughs> enamored with how weird 
Like you, you'll see, because he does the Oliver Stone does this a lot, where you'll see because um, uh, he's using all these different film formats and stuff like that. But where Tommy Lee Jones will just like say a line, and he's and Oliver Stone will be like, "I gotta go back in and show you an even tighter close up of him like cackling afterwards or saying the line again." And he'll, he'll or he's like picking his nose and picking his ear all the time. Well, he's like, yeah. he also does a thing in this one specifically. He does it in like Nixon too a little bit and like JFK, but a lot in this where a character will say a line, and then he'll cut to. Like another angle in a different film stock of them saying that line again. He'll actually loop it over yeah, yeah. again on the soundtrack, yeah. but it's like a different intonation, or the character won't actually take. be saying it in the shot. Yeah, but they'll have this malicious expression on their face or Acquired something like that. Taste and uh, and it's just sort of like you know the, he gives you this weird picture of interiority and like he's telling you so much more about the characters by doing stuff like that. It's really interesting. It's the biggest budget experimental movie ever made. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I mean, seriously, like it's like, and they kind of, and you know, it's the kind of thing like I was, my letterbox review that I just put down, I was like, they, they never, they, they'd never make this movie now. And they probably wish they hadn't then. (laughs) Like I mean, not necessarily. Everybody like, involved in the shooting of this, other than Oliver Stone, probably wishes they hadn't done. But it. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, maybe not. I mean, obviously, like this was a huge, probably a huge boost for Juliette Lewis and Woody Harrelson's career. I think like, it was. I, a, yeah. I know it, Woody Harrelson was ab- absolutely like had to fucking go on a sabbatical after this. It made him absolutely miserable. But also, but that's, also, that's like, why did, he started smoking all that dope <laughs> and playing the bongos. But yeah. also, like, I mean, this was like why Woody. I mean, if you look at Woody Harrelson's career post this movie, like people were like, oh, Woody can do stuff that's not just him being a, a goofy dumbass oh yeah. and his dad is, like, a, is a murderer his dad so that was, hit, right. so which that oliver was, stone uh, says he didn't know uh while yeah. they were making this movie be found out later and was you know yeah. and he was like he was like i wasn't surprised woody has that cold stare down <laughs> <laughs> there's an interview just just speaking of like how many people's lives were like uh, were, were, were made miserable in the making of this movie there's an interview i read with jared harris mm. uh, they who shows up for like half a second and i'm like oh shit that's jared harris he was on the he wasn't he wasn't even there for a whole day of shooting he's he was, one of the metal punks in the video or, stuff that's yeah. like where it lays to make Wiki yeah, and Mallory. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Mickey and Mallory are great. And he's there, and the, the woman who's standing next to him it was his girlfriend at the time. Oh, really? And Jer- this is an interview with the AV Club where they ask you to talk about all the different roles. And he, even Jared Harris, who was there for like... <laughs> <laughs> two hours <laughs> was like it was, he's a fucking asshole and Oliver Stone was hitting was like maliciously hitting on, hitting on my girlfriend the whole time <laughs> made me absolutely miserable it was one of the worst experiences of my life and it's like you weren't even there a whole day Jesus unbelievable <laughs> he, all, it wasn't a life that Oliver Stone didn't touch with his shittiness making this movie but and the fucking thing is a masterpiece so I don't know what to think yeah. I think Oliver that, Stone's I think one of those directors because yeah. I tend to like think that that whole the mythology behind directors who you know make the their difficult actors, genius, difficult genius. I yeah. think that that a, a lot of people give those people too much credit, and a lot of times they're just fucking monsters. Right. Particularly with Kubrick, yeah, it's just sort of like you didn't need to do all the fucking takes. You're, you're kind of a you're kind right. of a sadist, dude. Right. Um, and I think not that those the, movies aren't masterpieces. That's but, the that's the right. problem because uh, these Oliver Stone has made what, how many five masterpieces? Mm, he, several, <laughs> maybe yeah. more. I think th- this movie. I don't know. There's something about this movie that like. It makes it feel right that people that people were driven insane making it because that's the the act of watching this movie is is the similar <laughs> to having made it then apparently yeah. you know because I mean like the way that it's the way that it's cut and filmed I mean there's no there's like it's like that thing there's hardly any shot that's held for more than like a second yeah. or two you know and it's constantly cutting back to the you know, it's repeating things it has this animations of them running down halls biting the heads off of things these like cool looking animation you kind of like every shot you kind of like I want to see more of that but also it's the cumulative effect of like because some of it will cut from like fucking Super 8 footage mm-hmm. to like this gorgeous like 
35 or 60 millimeter. I think they shot some like 60 shots, yeah. and it's just like, whoa. There's these quiet and scenes then around the VHS. prison that just look fucking beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and then it cuts to like a fucking Coke commercial yeah. or whatever. And or the sitcom sequence or like the sitcom sequence projections with Rod- with on the wall. Yeah. The sitcom sequence with Cartoons. Rodney Dangerfield and uh, Edie McClurg. Mm-hmm. That shit is not. And that was the okay. So I went and saw this probably opening weekend with yeah. my dad. I don't. I can't remember if my brother was there. Obviously, I went matter. by myself with some friends because our theater <laughs> didn't give it. They would be. They just if you're they at some it's point it was like if the parents let you in. Yeah, and I don't even know. I don't know. I worked at a theater, and I would let kids into R-rated right. movies. <laughs> it <laughs> was it was shit. rated R, but they made a makeshift sign that they put yeah. over over that rating at the theater that was like handwritten. That was like, "This is R-rated, but just so you know, this is really violent and fucked up, and maybe think twice about bringing your kids to see that." My dad, my I was like fifteen or whatever. My dad saw that. I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my parents just dropped me off at the theater, and we're like, "We'll pick you up afterwards." <laughs> <laughs> and we went. And we went in, and the, it was basically a, a packed theater because this movie was really well hyped, and it's got yeah. a catchy title. And people, I don't know what people thought they were they were gonna get. <laughs> I'd read the Entertainment Weekly article about right. it. I kind of knew what to expect. And uh, the most walkouts I've ever seen in, in a movie. Probably wow. half the theater walked out, and and most of them during the sitcom. Hi, Dad. How is work? What work? I'm unemployed. Where the f- are you been, huh? <laughs> well, you look nice, Mallory. Yuck! You look like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Well, I'm gonna go now. I'll be back at midnight, okay? What are you wearing? A broomstick and a trash bag? Why don't you put some meat on you, huh? A few pounds lighter, you'll be missing the opium. Yeah. What the hell do you think you're going, huh? I'm going to the John Lee Hooker concert with Donna. I told you that yesterday. First off, you don't tell me anything. You ask my permission. Second, you're not going out in that hula house dress. You'll end up peddling your ass, you stupid bitch. Uh, where I love Mallory. It's disturbing. Understandably it's really so. unpleasant. Yeah. Because it is fucked up. The movie may have lost its like sort of uh, cultural relevance in some ways, like we were talking earlier, or it's been absorbed so much that like that doesn't... But like the movie, like watching it the other day with some other people. Yeah. I've usually, I haven't watched it with anybody else. It's recently. still really unpleasant I'm watching it with other people <laughs> who, both, who both liked it, you know, <clears> but <throat> it was like that thing where it was like, oh, this is... This movie is fucked up yeah like it's still like it's still effective in that way like even if you watch it and go like who the fuck are the menendez brothers right or who are these guys who's this guy crying about you can still you can still get to the point where you can say like oh this these people have been traumatized by their society and their culture there's a lot of that you know and it's 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 cause it's created these these horrible pathologies in them like you know they both talk about being abused that's right but and it's a satire too, so right. it's also like taking that and turning it on its head and kind of going like it's also like say, not saying that those guys are the heroes, right? Although they are the the they uh, are the sane people. You they know. are the center. They are the like uh like what do you call the sane center of the movie? Right. Are Mickey and Mallory ultimately? There's but a, they're everybody the ones that else come is out. somehow even more evil than there's them. The, did right. you ever read those Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books? No. There's a guy in one of them who who calls himself Wonko the Sane, and he lives in he lives in a house. But he considers the world the asylum. He says everybody else is living in the asylum, and right. I, I live outside the asylum in my house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's uh, that's kind of like what Mickey and Mallory are doing. Like everybody else in the world is the insane <laughs> people. We're the sane ones. That's that's kind of where it's coming from. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, it, it's but it's but. I kind of was a little bit surprised, not that I hadn't noticed this before, but just how much uh, Oliver Stone does get into the pathologies and the childhood pathologies. Oh, of, yeah. Like it isn't, it isn't so much him going like the world is just fucked and crazy no, and that's not. it. 
Because, like, you see all these shots of Mickey that you don't ever really get explained. Apparently, his dad blew his fucking head off. Like, yeah. you believe in fight, boy, on the cornfield. But, it's but after being horrifyingly yeah. abusive, you get all these close-up shots of them as children just yeah. looking terrified. And then all this stuff with I Love Mallory, the sitcom, is horrifying. Right. I mean, she, uh, like, Juliette Lewis's fucking, character. And fucking funny. And, but uh, but it's done in that way through, yeah, the, yeah. through the prism of television. Because it's danger field. This, America, this yeah. absolute nightmare through the prism of, like, what kids, obviously, too much TV is a thing that is a recurring thing. It pops thing. up a couple times. <clears throat> I was I was talking to my friend. We were, we were watching this, and there's the scene where they're at the at the Native Americans place, right, and yeah, this yeah. is when they're projecting the words on them, which I also they only do it in this one scene. But it says too much TV over them, and I was like, now nah, if they made this movie now, it would say too much Twitter right, or too like many that. participation trophies, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> too much yeah. cancel culture, something yeah, like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, there's always something. But it's not. But the movie is it isn't without some degree of kind of like weird, like a weird corner of sympathy for all, like almost sure. all of these characters. Well, and no, like how they know, got to the way they I are. Know, I don't, I don't know about with Wayne that. Gale. Maybe not sympathy. <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of sympathy for Scagnetti. No, Scagnetti has the whole story the, I mean, about his mom getting your fucking blown away by but uh, he's, Charles Whitman. But he's, ultimately, he's like it's like the yeah. But ultimately, I think the villains in it are like Wayne Gale. Uh, the warden Skagnetti and, and Skagnetti, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Skagnetti. I mean, Skagnetti is. I think that Skagnetti is the. I think that's like counter. The it's like sort of that's counterpointing to with Mickey Mallory because it's like they they we do see their traumatic childhoods and they became mass murderers and he's like he's like my mom got murdered and he wrote a book about it and he's kind of making Boom, money off exploded. of it and then he's like. He is also like trying to be a murderer. Like when he kills yeah. that that trying to prostitute, get inside Mickey's which is head a really fucked up scene. It's really fucked up, but Very, it's also yeah. like it's also like this guy who's f- like fucking pretending or something. I don't know. There's something about his well, whole thing that's like an act. Whereas they're like when Mickey's talking in the interview, he's like, "It's pure. What I do is pure." And you kind of you kind of go like, "It kind of is." Nah. <laughs> but also, but, I don't know. But also, the other the more other, than Scagnetti anyway, who seems wait, like a he seems killed, like a phony. They killed like a bunch of yeah, teenagers yeah. at a slumber party. I don't know. Well, they're but, pretty bad. No, I'm not saying they're not bad. I'm they're saying definitely that I'm, bad. I'm saying that Scagnetti is a phony, and they're like the real deal. Like when the, he's the killing movie has her, the most contempt for Wayne Gale and the media in general. Yeah, and, I think it does. But also, like this, one of the things that Stone's doing here is he's with Scagnetti and, and Tommy Lee Jones characters. They're they're just as they're just as evil. Mm-hmm. They're just as guilty of uh, you know murder and rape. Uh, but uh, but society has put them in a position of power where they can do it. Without with with impunity, yeah. yeah, and and they've rationalized that just the same way Mickey and Mallory rationalized their crimes as like, oh, it's pure, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, these guys came. Well, the law says I can do it, so I'm going to do I it. I guess I'm not saying. And that all three of those guys are working together at the end. Wayne yeah. Wayne Gale, Scagnetti, and uh, but then I, I wonder how important it is that Wayne Gale essentially the media, the representation of the media goes switches immediately. Well, the media, from the media just feeds law and order to being a killer. Yeah, well, the media whatever, just needs whatever fuel. the current d- dynamic is, I'm going to get behind. Right, and yeah. he's actually shooting. He's like, he's like, he's like, kill, he's like, yeah, he's shooting prison guards yeah. and shit. And Mickey actually takes the gun away from him and is like, "Okay, Wayne, this isn't you. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're not you're, centered. Exactly, you're not centered. <laughs> Why? And I, I mean, at that point in the movie, like Mickey has, <laughs> he was, he was, le- he's less insane in the last half of the movie, the last section of the movie, because he's like talks about it even how he became centered in prison and how he mm-hmm. realized he, how much he'd fucked up and he doesn't want love beats the demon. He doesn't want to kill anymore and love beats the demon. As soon as he gets out of this prison, you know, this is a, uh, you know. That's that's done. It's done. He's done with it. He's done. He's done killing. He's done killing. We just yeah. gotta. This gotta just kill a couple. Just a couple more. 
you know. <laughs> a few left. Well, and then you as see, they're escaping the prison, it's all just survival at that point. You see of. shots of them at the very, at the end during the end credits, like these these quick shots where they're driving around in an yeah. RV and they have like kids, kids and, stuff and stuff like that. They're like, oh, I guess they <laughs> okay. Yeah, What's, they ended up uh, okay, killed, but, uh, they killed but also, so many people. But but Tommy Lee Jones, we haven't talked about a lot. But my uh, favorite thing, one of my favorite things that laughed, I laughed out loud at that uh, we all laughed out loud when we were watching the other day is there's a part where they're he's like he's like constantly sweating and looking bug eyed yeah. at the camera and shit, and it's <clears> awesome. <throat> but then they're like they're like going, they're running, they're like they they took over this and they killed these guys and Skegnetti and Skegnetti, and he goes and he kind of does this like he's like upset, upset. Oh my god, oh my god, and then it's Skegnetti, he goes. Like, yeah. Yeah, who cares? It's so funny. It's, it's, that it's, it's, performance it's, it's is funny. incredible. It's, it's, it's not a pony. Look. Not a pony, sir. I don't give a shit what your fucking name is. <laughs> I always like Jesus the, hit Harold Christ on a fucking river crutch. Is this happening to, to me? me? That was exactly what I was going to say. You don't got just. He's already dead. Incredible. I, I have to believe, believe that there's like bonus footage or footage after these takes are done, yeah. where Tommy Lee Jones like finishes his line reading and goes, "Is that what you wanted? Is is I that enough?" Oliver for you, Stone's ultimate can't Stone? sanction his buffoonery. So. I think that I think because because Tommy Lee Jones gives an an, an, uh, an equally unhinged performance in U.S. Um, Marshals. In uh, no, in the Batman, Batman and Robin, Batman, or Batman Forever. Batman Fever and like he is and it and that movie is terrible. <laughs> so it's sort of Batman like Fever. there's like it makes you realize like that like there's some there as as uh, wild as this movie is there's like so, there's there's a focus to it there's control because then you yeah. see him in like Batman Forever and Joel Schumacher was clearly just Ugh. like I don't have any well, also, I can't I mean, control like, nobody this. could control Tommy Jones right you know? and, I mean, whereas but, I feel like Oliver Stone would just like not put up with with his terrible behavior but also like Oliver also, Stone like, would it, it works. punch somebody I mean I feel like the two of them clash you like kind of like Arnold and Cameron clearly like two massive egos oh, I bet yeah. they check yeah. each other in a weird way you know but it's like that I've such- read stories about Jim, James Cameron pulling some straight up like John Ford oh, on yeah, uh, John Wayne shit. type like being really abusive to Schwarzenegger uh-huh. and maybe Schwarzenegger I don't know kind of likes it yeah <laughs> but know, I mean it's a little daddy thing going on I feel like the Timely Jones in this it's like him him doing that is like of a piece it like f- it fits into the world of this that this movie's mm-hmm. created of where so where he's screaming all of his lines that will never, that will never happen I am personally gonna cut the head off of your fucking whore wife Jesus <laughs> at the, at the another, end when he's, another day perhaps when the no. end when he's climbing the bars and he's spraying, he's pepper mace. spraying everybody. Pepper spraying then he gets everybody. his fucking head cut. They got off. his head on a pike. All his body parts. That was are cut like, from the theatrical that was version. Cut, yeah. I know. yeah, you know they had this, the reason, and they had the send. They drew the line there. The MPAA was like uh, kept sending it to them for revisions, and they kept asking, "What's what do you want cut? What can we cut specifically?" They're like all they, of it. No, they were basically <laughs> they were basically like. We don't know. It just seems very violent and bothers us. It was like, yeah. and they couldn't. So he he said we had to keep cutting stuff, and we had to like. He was like, he was bummed because they kept losing. Like he's like the pacing was weird in scenes because we had to keep cutting a second here, oh, a second there. Okay. But I mean, I think well, you know, yeah. I mean, when you're editing something, when you're in it, like yeah. you know, especially you're, with the, you're fig- with you're the way that out. something like this is cut too, like that can re- that kind of little shaving can throw everything off. I think that you think that because you think like the pacing, whatever. It's, such, it's, just, it's, it's such it's madness, like, but obviously this movie is incredibly coherent because it's, it's not it's, nonsense. Uh, no, it's not. not at it's all. not yeah. nonsense. Like you, the movie makes sense. It flows all the really time. well. It feels really controlled. And I mean. like if you're able to like sort of and not turn your brain off, that's the wrong term. But if you're able to sort of let it just well, wash you, through you, you, you're it's like it's like such a fucking amazing sensory experience. You yeah. just like go with is, it emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the only way to read it. If you step back, you're just looking at a, th- a wall of yeah. crazy images, and you're going like, hmm, okay. Well, I don't see what this is all about, but yeah. if you like, sort of like get into it, and I think I think the Mickey Mallory are really com- are pretty compelling characters, at least as 
you know performed by those. I yeah. don't know, if, you know, and it's just like, man, these guys are these guys are great. I want to I want to see these guys uh, kill a bunch of I, people. I love the I love I the idea of Oliver Stone submitting this movie to the MPAA and just like because it's like a group of squares who yeah. like screen all these movies and just like these like middle aged moms yeah. and dads who's like, here you go, let me know what the rating's gonna be, and then they had to watch Natural Born Killers like fifty times and make some sort of fucking sense out of it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It just bothers us. It's hard. It's hard. This really reminded me of Magnolia watching it this time. Interesting. Okay. Just because it's like they start at ten and get to twenty. Yeah, yeah. And they don't stop. It doesn't have like this one goes to eleven. Yeah. I mean, it's just just, like it. It sustains this manic intensity for so long and requires you again to just go with it emotionally. You have to. You have to just sink into it. You can't sit there and go like, well. Maybe this performance isn't quite as well modulated as that one, or <laughs> yeah. this scene is going on too long. It's not about that. It's just like it's a ride almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the and the best that's thrills are at the end, yeah. which is the best because like well, that's uh, t- let's talk about that fucking prison riot. Oh my which is God. filmed in a real prison, in a real prison with real yeah. prisoners. It's like twenty five minutes. It's a lot of in the in the Entertainment Weekly um, story because Entertainment Weekly was hardcore in this movie's corner. Uh, there was a story about it, and they co- talked a little bit about the filming of it. And I think Juliette Lewis was like nineteen or twenty or something like that. And it was in this prison. There were prisoners in the prison. Those extras and she are real said, prisoners. Yeah. And she said that ap- apparently, like pr- a prisoner yelled at her, um, "Hey Juliet," because they knew who she was. <laughs> they go, "Hey Juliet, I want you to suck on my thumb." <laughs> from from <laughs> Cape Fear, Fear reference. Nice. <laughs> she said. And you're kind of like, wow, that's pretty clever for a possible murderer or whatever. Yeah. But it really he got he that guy got sent to jail for laughing too hard at a screening of Cape Fear because right. he thought that scene was so good. <laughs> oh, not really. That's too oh, far. not really, Niles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that prison riot. But it works. It works. I think it works better because it's in a real prison, and you're kind sure. of like it's. It feels like this is like real. This it's doesn't. It, it's never, really it never once feels like a like a movie set or whatever. No, and it's it's one of the it's one <laughs> of the parts of the film where the violence becomes so extreme that it stops being funny. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, except when Robert Downey Jr. like is yelling and There's shooting. There's funny stuff in it, but like people, but all yeah. of the chaos that's going on. Up to and including sort of like we all hate Tommy Lee Jones's character, and it's really funny to see him screaming and shrieking. But like when they're ripping him to pieces, oh, it's yeah. like yeah. Jesus Christ. There's know? that one shot; it's in slow motion of a guy running, and it says "snitch bitch" on like a <laughs> yeah. sign that says "snitch bitch" on his back, and he's kind of looking backwards in terror. And it's like that's fucking scary. Yeah, this this looks like all out bedlam. And they weren't actually using in Batongaville. real. Batonga, 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 in Batongaville. <laughs> <laughs> um, they weren't using the actual prisoners as actors in this, right? Yeah, those extras yeah, uh-huh. are the real prisoners. <sighs> they were letting them fucking that riot. That is so fucking crazy. Yeah. What the? How, how do you justify that? How did he get away with this shit? Like, he went to the prison and there he was like, I'm going to stage a prison riot. I want your prisoners. You know, everybody to gets an additional ration of Pruno today. <laughs> I know that I've seen, I know that I've seen interviews before and like they were, I don't know, there's, there's got, there's like some interviews out there where they talk extensively about it and I've seen them before, but I can't remember, I can't even remember to paraphrase now. But like it sounded like it was like the prisoners were all, they, they weren't like, it was like, you know, the prisoners are also people and they were excited to be. Yeah, making a movie and not just be in prison or whatever. Yeah. So it was like more controlled chaos of than, course. It, than it seems. Still, B- right? But still, yeah. You just go. You like, got to uh, think in the midst of some of these because sh- the scenes. There's like there's like full like wide shots of just a bunch of people going crazy and being violent at each other, and those mm-hmm. are real prisoners. Yeah, it's just madness. What yeah. do we make of the Arliss Howard character? Oh, he's so weird because he shows up in as the a original, ghost at the very beginning, and yeah. in the original, I one think, of the original cuts, he kills them at the end. 
or the uh, oh, that's right. He yeah, should, like yeah, he, original... you do see him in the at the diner scene, like uh, the camera kind of pans back, pans past. Right. A, oh man, uh, I didn't notice that. A this table, time. and he like disappears. Yeah. Oh. Well, and I think that it was that is, and I, have, I haven't read the original Tarantino script. And I don't you may remember not have read it well in, enough in years, but it may it may be that he kills them at the end. Cause it's in it's in he actually, was into, no, he was it's into, in a deleted scene. Right, right. It's, and, they shot it and everything. And I mean, I, I, I honestly, obviously, the the ending that they went with is much better. Yes. I, don't, I don't. I would. I don't want them to die by the end of the movie. And I actually like. I think it's better that you've been complicit with these people this mm-hmm. whole movie, one hundred percent, and that they make it out, and that you kind of are happy about. It would. That. It would almost <laughs> feel like cheating if they did die. Just. Just. It would be almost be kind of like, man. Then you know, we raised all these issues, and then we and, solved the problem. And, yeah. Forget about it. Plus, it is. Them. Plus, it is a romance, and I don't think it's a tragic romance. Yeah. I think it's no. a. It's a romantic comedy romance, and it's like you want them to be together at the end when it's they a road when movie, he goes and saves comedy, her. Yeah. From like oh my god, it's so romantic! It, it's so romantic as she stabs a pencil into his throat and yeah. blows his brains out. <laughs> and it's because it, it's that Skagnetti character is so repulsive that you're like so when he di- when he dies right when now. He, these are the part, only two people on goes, earth. He fucking yeah. he fucking yeah, I love that. But like right before that, where he's like where he like goes I'll blow cl- your he head. Goes, cl- he goes click and the gun clicks and Skagnetti's got the uh, yeah. the, the shit in his throat and then uh, he goes. He goes, oops, out of shells, and then Skegnetti slaps his forehead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never wounded anything in my life. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, but that's when they get together. Yeah, though, there is like a real romantic mm-hmm. center to this movie where it's like, but it's fucked up. But I think that that's, I think I like that. <laughs> yeah, you got that letter that Mickey writes to her while he's in jail that has this one pit in it that I suspect might be from the Tarantino original script that I that I still it still bedevils me to this day where he's like, uh, hey, you know, just checking in on your Mallory. I wanted to tell you how much I love you and this and that. And he's like, what's, here's what I've been up to. I've been wor- I've been doing yoga with this guy. He pissed me off, so and, he's no, not, he and then you see anymore. Mickey like he's doing yoga, and then you see a shot of him like breaking breaking his the neck, guy's neck, yeah. and you're like, who, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? They sent a guy to teach him yoga. I assume it's another inmate. Oh, just another inmate. inmate. Like, yeah. they, but they let another inmate in with it. Like, I don't know. Just, was, maybe sharing, that's why he's in cell. This weird he's sharing a cell detail. at first. They're like, he's sharing a cell. Whatever. We're gonna do that with everybody. Oops, not anymore. Yeah, just a know. weird tossed off gag that made the final cut. My reason. favorite. My favorite. I mean, I think because probably it got it cracked. It cracked somebody. Yeah, up yoga is the, I feel like the the little Johnny joke has got to be a Tarantino thing. Which one? The little Johnny joke where he finally starts the little Johnny. Little Johnny. No, I love that. Joke. It's really so, good joke. That seems so good. Too, he failed her up. <laughs> then what? That's one of the one, what of, the the hi- were, one of the Harrelson highlights. What are you doing too. this whole time? Well, she said, "Okay, they went to the drive, and I know that. What happened then?" Little Johnny goes, "Oh, they were kissing. What else? You heard this one? <laughs> what else?" Little Johnny goes, "Hey, he failed her up. <laughs> what else?" Little Johnny goes. They took off their clothes. Well, what else? Little Johnny goes. They did that. What the hell were you doing? Little Johnny goes. Little Johnny, no. Little Johnny, little Johnny, no. That's that's really exciting. Drop it. He drops a donut. No, the gun. The gun. 
I love uh, also the uh, the cameraman is Kirk uh, Baltz. It's uh, yep. Officer Marvin from Reservoir Dogs. Who also made an appearance on our podcast in um, briefly in uh, Killing Zoe. Yeah, so yeah. He's got a whole that whole that that dude whole turns up a lot. And he's Tarantino always got connection. his like weird speech pattern. Well, Rand Vossler has a co-writing credit on this too. Vossler is an old buddy of Tarantino's. Okay. And he's also on the marquee in the boxing match. He's the guy that Bruce Willis kills, I believe. Okay. Vossler is also a character's <laughs> name in in Crimson. No, Tide. it's not. It's not. He doesn't kill. Butch doesn't kill him, but it's another mm. fight on the card. Okay. Do you think? Uh, oh yeah. Uh huh. Do you think that's Tarantino's <laughs> yeah. input in Vossler Crimson Tide? And, like, you know, uh, Mr. Vossler. He does that a lot. Like Marty Katroser is the name that gets yeah. called out in the in the class and Kill Bill before they reveal Beatrix's oh. name. Oh. Another buddy of his. He does that a lot. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, I mean, well, Tarantino uh, famously had his name taken off taken of the screenplay off credit. So he has a story credit at the beginning. <laughs> and, I mean, it, they did they did change his script a lot. And, like, I'm a, I'm a you know, we're all, uh, yeah. we're, Matt, and I, I, Matt and I are huge Tarantino fans. And I'm and a I regular Tarantino fan. And I generally, like, agree with the dude. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously he's a loudmouth who, but in this case, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm glad I he didn't know, direct this I don't movie. know what movie you, he would have made. I don't think it would have been this good. We wouldn't, it wouldn't be like something where we're it going would certainly like be this insane one of a time yeah. uh, masterpiece, one of a kind masterpiece like this. It would be maybe a cool kind of uh, Badlands riff. The two, that would be, the two that would be well directed because Tarantino's a good that director. That blew him up, that yep. got him to do Reservoir Dogs were this and True yeah. Romance, yeah. both directed by other people, yep. and I'm glad they were. Absolutely. Oh, They're man. both better movies for him not directing them. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I wish, I love Tarantino and everything he touches I will watch and probably love, but I wish he had written more scripts for other people. I do too, yeah, because I, I, I think that's really, and I'm, Reservoir Dogs was originally sold to for Monty Hellman to mm-hmm. direct, but then uh, Tarantino bought it back or whatever, and I'm glad he did. Sure, Because right. I actually think he, like, na- he fucking, he nailed it. He nailed it, like, you know, you, you see that this Reservoir Dogs is big, and it's because you watch that and go, like, there's a guy yeah. doing his thing. Like, this is a guy who, and maybe this who's would be fully that, formed but it, in, in a but lot of ways. I wouldn't want to give this up. No, no way. If there was, yeah, th- if that was a question of giving this Natural Born Killers up for a Tarantino one, give me no a break. Way. No fucking way. Yeah, exactly. Not, e- not even, not a chance. There's a lot of like <laughs> deleted scenes uh, from like that. Uh, that yeah, le- laser disc. The Barbarian a, Brothers, and, as like, you might imagine, a movie Dennis like this that's just chopped. Yeah, that, that, that feel very Tarantino. There's like a whole Bruce Lee part. Uh-huh. The courtroom scene. Like, I want to use these. The courtroom scene is heavy. The part courtroom of the, scene. Big part of the script. Yeah. So he's so Stone is just ripping Ashley huge Judd. chunks. And I don't that's know. Right. And I don't know. Was that? I don't know the story. If if the courtroom scene was removed because of the because of the ratings or because they just it was just like this is not good is not paid because I, I actually don't it is a very, it the is, scene is these those two deleted a couple a lot of those deleted scenes are very tonally different from the the final movie and so I, you can, it, it's like yeah. good that they did get removed and also like having the like having them because the movie's kind of broken a little because it's still sh- it's like the movie's kind of jumping ahead a lot to them <laughs> before you know that they've been arrested and are on trial. But having a trial between that and the prison stuff, I think, would have been... Yeah. It would have killed it. You can see the spine of, of like, a Tarantino script there, though, because the the script is kind of like structured like a lot of his scripts are, where, like, you're in a present, and then, like, here's a reporter, and the yeah, reporter yeah. is going to tell you what's been going on, and we can go back and see that. Right. And then we're in the courtroom, and then we see more, and, you know, it just keeps filling in the blanks. Yeah, this movie just does it to an insane degree. Yeah. So you're jumping all over in time, all the time. And until the end, it pretty much once you're at the prison, you're pretty much just in the straight prison. shot to the very end. Yeah, and then uh, and then a skip into the future when they have kids and yeah. stuff. The future by Leonard Cohen. <laughs> two Le- two Leonard Cohen songs at the end too. It's playing. Uh, what the fuck is the song? The bells or something? Yeah. Um, at the end when they're escaping the prison, just this fucking gorgeous like hymn kind of. Yeah. And and mm. they're like escaping prison, and that's when Tommy Lee Jones is getting ripped apart. It's so fucking. It's like he's being so, torn like, apart by pr- prison inmates, and the music is beautiful. It's angelic yeah. music. <laughs> it's so, it's so I crazy. love it. 
it. I love it. We're going to walk right out that front door. Robert Downey Jr. is like, his ear, has a piece of his ear is off. He's got his hand, a hole in his hand, and he's just flipping out. And, and the, the, oh my God, it really builds to a fever pitch at the end. It's yeah. just like, there's just nothing else like it. Yeah. Before or since, it's like a, a 100% unique movie that people need to, maybe, I think people need to start watching again. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it comes up in conversation a lot. It doesn't. Lot it comes in conversation it. with between the three of us a lot. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I. It's like a, it's like a one of a kind, uh, one of a kind experience, and they never they I, they'll never make a movie like this again. There's wild no. movies that get made, and like these like directors get get too much, and they get to like go off and make their own weird thing, but. Nobody, or, nobody at the height of their power like Oliver Stone was here. Right, where he's coming off of fucking JFK. Right, yeah, and he's like their studio is basically like okay. He's given them. I mean, and he's had hit after hit after hit after got, hit. You got to critically acclaimed critically hit. acclaimed he, he, hits. Oliver too. Stone would make movies that won Oscars and made millions. Like yes. mm-hmm. the, both the two, the, like both. Yeah, so he could get he could do fucking JFK, anything he JFK wanted. JFK was a huge fucking hit and won a bunch of Academy yeah. Awards. And Platoon, and like, same thing. Yeah, and like he'd made Born on the Fourth of July, another uh-huh. fucking yeah, Stone masterpiece. But a huge, but a huge Oscar hit. winning Oscar <laughs> nominations nice and master. made money. All this yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean, pl- and he, I mean, Oliver Stone like came out of the gate with. Uh, I mean, he made, he'd made movies, but he made movies <laughs> not out of the gate. But he came, he came like he when he made Platoon. Yeah. Like that was a movie that was made for for on like a tiny budget, yeah, and like nobody wanted to make it, and he had the like you know it was like this like second or third biggest box fucking, office hit of the year. Huge you can imagine hit, that huge hit that was like I mean it was it's it no probably, coming home in a body bag, <laughs> but it <laughs> that's like, a fucking movie. But it like but it like made so much money, won all these Oscars and everybody, and he'd made a few movies before that, yeah. but like you know sh- shit that people have forgotten. The hand is not bigger. Bigger so for, for his like Salvador plays. and Platoon came out the same year. That's yeah, yeah. Right. And Salvador was like I think critics liked it, yeah. but like was still sort of like whatever. And then Platoon like fucking was like blew up enormous. They, and like won all these Oscars, and everyone was like, uh, "Who's Oliver Stone?" And he's like, "I'm Oliver Stone." Here's all these scripts, <laughs> and they're like, "Here's all the money." And yeah. then he kept making. I mean, he'd been writing scripts. Wrote Scarface. Wrote mm-hmm. Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. He wrote Midnight Express. Yeah. You see both eight million ways you to see, die. You famously. see clips from Scarface and Midnight Express in this in movie. This movie. Yeah. And and then uh, and uh, uh, Mickey, well, while he's seeing these clips, it is, uh, like seconds later goes, "I keep wondering why they're making all these stupid, stupid fucking movies." movies. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, that's interesting." You, he also just like I love that part a little bit because you kind of see Oliver Stone almost like laughing like well oh. well we're making this stupid fucking movie <laughs> right. like you know I don't think Oliver Stone as like self-serious as he can get in some movies is I think he's it, this movie's very for a movie that is called Natural Born Killers and is insane and violent and like often hard to watch is also very playful yeah yeah it's like having fun it's like this movie is fun <laughs> like woo the it's way more fun than the next movie we're gonna that we're gonna do well, that's that, debatable the, but i mean it's way more fun than that it, and that's a movie that is uh is like a, a machine is part of the machine that's Literally, designed yeah. this is like one of those things that's designed to have fun right you know it's like this is designed to be fun and you're kind of like woof. woof and this is a movie where oliver stone's like it, it, insane whims are on screen and you're like this movie is kind of fun yeah. and it's it's like this is a bit this is kind of loose and also like ew <laughs> can you think of any other good examples of directors who were kind of like at their top and they could do anything you know like like this like we were talking about with Oliver Stone and they chose to do something I mean nothing's this crazy but they chose to do something truly experimental and lunatic no. like this I mean no but there are some interesting examples of them doing that in a system like take Batman Returns against Batman. It's like oh, here's yeah, all. Okay. okay, you made all the money. Now that's go, a good one. Go do another one. Go do whatever you want this time. Yes. Same thing with Spider-Man Two with Sam Raimi, where that's like, a and then bit. and both of those movies are like, in my opinion, 
bona fide classics of their genres and way better than the originals. But oh, but Batman Returns, we watched, uh, and we all, I remember thinking that was weird when it came out. Me and Kevin watched watched that like a year ago, and that movie is it's fucking fucking weird. It's nuts. It's great, and that movie was bankrolled by a major studio and released to an eager public. I might have had a huge who rejected it, but like people were like, yeah, all right, oh Oh, no. Oh, I loved it. I saw it three times it's in the theater. So, it's so but, wild. Uh, another That's another good, good one. one is maybe not at the height of their powers, like financially as far as their clout, but like Fincher got Zodiac made. Yeah, interesting. I mean, he tried forever to get it made, but it's another thing where it's like, how did this get made? Yeah, who thought that people were gonna want to see this? They didn't, yeah. you know, and they didn't. Yeah. They didn't, but now <laughs> they didn't. But now there's hours of TV series that are just exactly. basically like Zodiac. <laughs> but no, but but nobody has ever really tried to replicate Natural Born Killers. No, if they have, they certainly f- not they have, formally. And if they have, like, if you when you do see movies that are coming out after this movie that are kind of doing that same kind of thing, maybe they, maybe they're, they're, bad, they're bad now. at it. Apocalypse Now is like Absolutely. a classic example say, of. I would yeah. say yeah. I would say Apocalypse Now is the only other one, and that and that like. And now the the shit that pe- the shit that comes out now that people are like, oh my god, did you see that? It was so fucking insane. It's like Mandy, and you're like, okay, <laughs> right? And, and, you know, like, and that's that's, that's weird. Okay, yeah, that's right. weird. And, and, and I like Mandy. And sure, I'm I'm not saying I like it or dislike it. I'm just like I will say that Mandy isn't isn't and Mandy isn't made by a guy. Uh, who was like who had like sure who had all the clout in the who world had all the clout in the world right. like we said awards and was, box office yeah. and could do whatever and he went and went like I'm gonna make I'm just I'm just comparing it on the killers. on the level of yeah, like yeah. what people say is fucking crazy weird now well it's so weird because this is part, natural born killers is part of film history so I think people just say it and it goes yeah, yeah natural born Kill-, and then there's like natural born killers but like when you sit down and watch this again right it's like oh fuck. Yeah. What the fuck did these guys? What, look, yeah, what did what they? What this? did they make? Look at this thing. It's such. Yeah. It's such a. It's such a perfect object of a of a movie that it's yeah. like it, it, uh, it hardly even matters what its relevance is or was. Almost there's so you're just just looking at it. You're like, what is this thing I'm looking at? It's like a work of art, like kind of like no other. You know, it like it makes you think of like the man with a movie camera or something. Right. Almost like you have to go back that far to see something that was like that people t- still talk about that is. Even and that's and that movie's way more disjointed. This has a plot and characters and stuff, but it's still like it, wildly experimental. Yeah. And nobody's gonna, nobody's ever going to bankroll this kind of thing unless you're a guy who's given this, this same studio so much money and yeah. awards. I mean, does, like, uh, does do Kill whatever Bill, you want? Does Kill Bill count? Not really. I mean, a little. But Tarantino already got to do whatever he wanted. True. And it doesn't feel that much of a like that much of a departure from no. the stuff that yeah, he was doing. Yeah, but it, it feels like a huge departure from what anybody it would have been used like, to seeing. Like, and also and for the the, as, two, the, the the length that the fact that they had to split it into two things. I think is that pretty crazy. I think it would be like at that like at, from a producer's standpoint, it's like them going like do whatever you want, and then kind of going like, ooh, okay, yeah. you made a four hour kung fu movie, <laughs> right? But like, you know, what about Punch Drunk Love? Yeah. That doesn't feel. I don't think so. I'm just trying to come up with things that are like uh, generally considered to be like auteurist films that, that are that are really out of left field. Like, pu- where did this come from? Considering punch, the punch stuff that Paul Thomas Anderson ex- feels did like afterwards, an extension of Magnolia. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very of a piece with the stuff. Punch he did Drunk later. Love. I feel like you could put you could put that character in Magnolia, uh-huh. or and or have some characters from Magnolia walk by and Punch Drunk Love and be like, yeah, of course these characters exist right. in the same universe. You know, yeah. I feel um, like to a certain. I mean, extent, the, I guess the, the Coen Brothers made fucking Big Lebowski after Fargo or whatever. So. I feel like to a certain extent, Inception is a little bit like that. Yeah. Just the the idea of because you need a, a bunch of money to make this movie, and like imagine even the pitch to that right. uh, to like a studio. Yeah. I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need 130 million dollars to make this, and they're like, well, okay, like what's only the plot? if your last movie was the highest grossing yes. film of all time. Exactly. He's like, well, actually, it 
was. As a oh, matter of fact, I still feel I still and I I think that's like sort of, but I still feel like. This this is like like that's that, that movie that movie's still like, very square absolutely for, for a movie on for a movie that has weird ideas that's the kind of movie Matt's talking about where people come out of the theater now and go like holy Whoa, shit Inception is weird and blew my mind because it's about stuff and then like Natural Born Killers you even go like what did I do what did I look yeah. hey take a look at this I love Mallory <laughs> my eyes the goggles do nothing <laughs> yeah just I mean just take isolated sequences from it even the opening sequence which is a pretty straightforward sequence you could film that with medium, wide, close-ups. You mm-hmm. could film that whole sequence as a normal scene with coverage and stuff. That scene is just two people killing some people in a right. in a diner. And it's nuts! <laughs> <laughs> and it's nuts. It's, it's got rear projection of fireworks while they're kissing. And then, like you said, it goes to the opening credits where effects. blood comes down the fucking camera. Dun, dun. And then it's like this rear projection dun, thing dun. where some guy's running dun, behind dun, them dun, dun, and dun. Godzilla yeah. and shit. And then that's all these clips from Night of the Lepus for some reason. Yeah. And Which is like a I, brought, I brought home because we were watching. I was watching this with Molly and she's like, what's that movie with the giant rabbits? And I'm like, oh, that's a movie called Night of the Lepus. It's about killer giant rabbits. <laughs> she's like, I've never seen that. Do you, can, we, can we watch that's that? That's the first time I Absolutely, we can watch Night of the Lepus. Goddamn right. I brought it home on Blu-ray, for God's sake. I haven't watched that since, like, 1990 UHF station shit. Just giant salivating rabbits. And the movie doesn't really stop. It keeps going through into the credits. Like, and they're they're showing some stuff that's Mickey Mallory in the future and kind of going back to other clips, but it just keeps, like, it's just like, this is going to keep assaulting you until until the very end. Yeah. And I love it, and I love it for it. Well. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what else, but we just we all. I feel like that's a perfect place to stop. <laughs> you guys uh, watch Natural Born Killers if you haven't seen Please it. God. In a while. I mean, I'm it sure is I almost certainly everybody listening to this has probably seen it. But yeah. if you haven't, watch it again. And I mean, like we said, like I know people who, uh, you know, our 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 uh, friend Vern, who was on our podcast, yeah. is like he was. I spoke to him the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, I thought it when I rewatched it. I, I might." He's like, "I think I think he said he appreciated it more." Yeah, I think now I he's do. older. But like he still didn't like it. Yeah, and interesting. I'm, it's, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, mm, okay, that's the kind of thing that I would expect to hear from Vern. Yeah, <laughs> I I love it. I love it. Yeah. And like I can't. It's like one of those movies that's like so in my DNA mm-hmm. of of mm-hmm. what I and that I can't I can't not love it. So it's hard for me to watch it again and kind of go look at it from an objective point of view. I just uh, I just say just like because I watched this movie so many times when I was a kid. I say like fuck you like Juliette Lewis sometimes. Like <laughs> Are you just like with three four times three four me? times a week I'll go fuck yeah fuck you like yeah. when Matt, when Mickey oh, cuts her absolutely. hand so they become when they when they're getting married. It's just like it's yeah it's a part. Oh, of it. oh and it's I mean, like the Simpsons or something. It's well, just it's, like bo- built into my brain now. When we were editing, I know whenever we were we'd, like we when Travis and I used to make a lot more movies together and we would edit and every time every time he rip. Repetition works. Repetition works. works. Yeah, <laughs> and that comes up so often. I think of that. I think of that line almost every day for whatever reason. Sounds so. a part of us all. A part, part of, of us all. all. Part of us all. <laughs> that, that does, does work. work. <laughs> all right. Uh, on a Sim- let's let's end on a Simpsons line. Then. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks to everyone for being uh, patrons. We really appreciate your support. Yeah. Keep on. Uh, thanks keep for on your listening. suggestions for movies. We had we had a, a couple that we that we were already planning on doing. For example, this one, mm. and uh, we'll get to some of those suggestions uh, so, yeah, later so on. Stay tuned. Some we're of them, gonna... some of them, we're not going to do. But we appreciate your input. But we're like, that's not us. If we can, well, I, if if Matt and I could talk Travis into watching a three-hour King Who movie, we would love yeah, it. I would love that. <laughs> I'll watch a fucking three-hour King Who movie for this thing. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. I want to do Traffic, too. Somebody suggested Traffic. Oh, yeah, I do want to ah, do that. Have you noticed yeah. about the build-up in Traffic? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All 
But yeah, we we really appreciate you guys. Yeah. And uh, spread the word. Keep on listening. Everybody be safe out there. Everybody be safe out there. We're going to be putting this out next week. Who knows what the world's going to be like then. So, you know, pop on Natural Born Killers to sample some... That'll make you feel way better. It kind of will. Sample some simpler times. It certainly won't exacerbate your anxiety in any way. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It might not. It might just be like, oh, nostalgia. A a movie nightmare. That's way better than a life nightmare. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Uh, What... Let's get out of here. Yep. Let's sure. get out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. Is that the new uh, exit line? I don't know. We don't have a good one yet. Until uh, then, the balcony's closed. Okay, bye. I've seen your future, brother. It is murder. Turn.